How's it going, Orange County? It is Tuesday, which means it's time for some more interesting soccer talk from yours, my, yours truly, Dylan, and if Alan gets a chance to join us here in a few moments, Alan as well. And we've got a guest joining us here tonight, not just the cricket that decided to jump in right when we got ready to start this thing. This is the Orange and Black Soccer Cast. And it's in! Darwin Jones with the response for Orange County. And it is a massive one. Austin Bold dominant the last 10. Forrester in the middle now. Gets around a few defenders. Forrester with the outside of the foot. What a strike by Mary Forrester. It's the opening goal for Orange County. Has it down. Back post. Opportunity and a goal. A beautiful goal by Orange County. This is the Orange and Black Soccer Cast, the first and only podcast dedicated to Orange County Soccer Club, its fans, and supporters. Follow us on Twitter at OCSC underscore SoccerCast or on Facebook at Orange and Black Soccer Cast. How's it going, Orange County? Welcome to another episode of the Orange and Black Soccer Cast presented by Roughneck Scarves and Icarus FC. We are the first and only podcast dedicated to Orange County Soccer Club, its fans, and supporters. I'm your host, Ray Moore, and I'm with you pretty much each and every week as we discuss all things Orange County Soccer Club. Joining me as he does each and every episode since day one, we've got Dylan from County Line Coalition. Dylan, how's it going? It's going well. Um, and I have to say, all this season you've said, it's Dylan from County Line Coalition, and I realized... I actually haven't sat there, stood there at the fence the entire season, so I might be a fraud. But, hey, I'm glad that we're here. I'm glad that everyone who's here is here because we're better than the debate. Is that yeah. is that true? Are we actually yes. – are we calling ourselves better than the debate? Okay, okay. We can go with that. Um, this is typically the point where I would introduce our third co-host, but he's MIA at the moment. We'll see if he jumps on here in a few, but – Hey, that gives us uh, time to jump straight to our special guest uh, joining us here for the first part of the show. Uh, he's been the goalkeeper for Orange County since mid last season. Um, one of the top goalkeepers in the USL, and that is Frederick Du. Frederick, welcome to the Orange and Black Soccer Cast. Thank you, guys. How are you? Doing pretty good. I, I mean, I can't complain other than the heat. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I'm I'm riding on a little bit of a high today because of uh, the League Cup in England, but. We're not here to talk about that with you. I'm sure you don't have any uh, desire to talk about that much. Uh, so let's get so we straight have a Tottenham into fan. Uh, we do have a Tottenham fan. A uh, Tottenham fan probably for the last seven or eight years now. So, um, <laughs> But uh, let's talk about uh, you. Let's talk about this season with Orange County so far. I know it's not been the uh, easiest of seasons for you and the guys with uh, just this craziness that is 2020. Um, give us a quick rundown on how the season has gone from you from, you know, playing a game, having a big layoff, jumping back in and then pretty much playing almost every other night. Yeah, it's, it's been, it's been crazy. Uh, it has, um, yeah, you know, we started with the first game and, and then a week after that, the, the whole uh, pandemic hit and, uh, yeah, from a day to another, we were, we were shut down and, and starting our training, uh, back home and had our, our individual programs. Um, and then from there, we basically just trained by ourselves for, for three months. And yeah, it, it was like, 
it was a nightmare because you you want to see the guys you want to you want to be part of a group and you want to train you know at, at the facilities um but yeah we got started again and and from there on is it's been it's been great a lot of restrictions uh, a lot of uh, obviously covid covid stuff and and protocols but we've been you know pretty pretty good i think to to make it work and then yeah it's just been more or less normal if if it could be not could be normal but yeah well let me ask you this cuz you know being a goalkeeper that probably is one of the more difficult positions to sort of train when you're isolated, you're not allowed to be with other teammates uh, that often, you know, at least as a, you know, a player on the field, you can practice, you know, some dribbling skills, you can pull up the net and practice, uh, you know, some, some shots or whatever, but as a goalie, you, it, you know, a, a key part of your training is going to be uh, taking practice, being shot at and, and stopping yeah. those saves. Uh, how were you able to do your best in that situation? And what did you do to, to stay mentally well, sharp uh, as a goalie? It was a, it was a lot of, uh, of uh, of running and and all the boring stuff we normally hate, <laughs> uh, but but uh, yeah, sometimes we met um, uh, with one one of the guys, uh, the the goalkeeper Danny, and and we did some some training just me and him, just to like because if you go three months without touching a ball and catching a ball, it's it's more or less a disaster, and it takes like the same amount to come back. Um, so so we had to do something, and we and basically we tried to do it you know as safe as possible and he was also living in the, in our apartment for for some time so it was the best thing we could do and then it and it worked so um so it, it was it was good but it was boring <laughs> <laughs> i can i can imagine the boredom i know a lot of people a lot of our listeners have commented on social media how it's just you know you're losing your mind sitting around waiting to be able to do things i i know all the fans want to be back at that stadium there's a few of them that come and hang out around the fence at the home matches uh, as a player out there. How, what does that meant for you guys seeing some of the plan, the, the fans come out, uh, hang out around the, the fences, trying to social distance a little bit, not be right on top of each other, but try to, to let the, let their voices be heard by uh, the players on the field. How does that uh, impact you guys out there? No, obviously it has a, a big impact. Like you see, it means something for people. Um, people are, you know, trying to engage as, as far as possible that, what you are able to in the, in this moment, and and yeah, as I said, it's it's just nice to hear uh, hear some uh, some voices and and some screams from the fans sometimes. So so it's been nice, yeah. So uh, let me ask you, uh, you know, you guys got off to a really strong start when when the restrictions were lifted. You got back to play to like probably the peak of emotion uh, matches there against Phoenix to to restart the season, uh, a draw and a victory for four points in two matches, which. I think all the fans looked at that was an exciting moment. Uh, you know, the, the hopes were high at that point, but it, it seems like um, I, I don't know if you can maybe share some light into like, is it has it just because it's been such a crazy season where you can't? It's hard to build that consistency or um, work into a rhythm. Or what's what what would be your assessment of what's been going on since that that peak high at the beginning of the return? And now we're, I mean, we still have a chance of making the playoffs as a team, but it's it's. It's a very slim and difficult chance at this point. No, I mean, uh, just to talk about the chance to getting in playoffs. If if we win the last two games, we are in playoffs. So that's that's what we uh, that's what we focus on right now. And when, uh, as as you saw in the beginning of the year, that if we play like we know we can play, we we also gonna win those two games. 
that's that I'm hundred percent sure of. But yeah, we we started really good uh, with some some key games against Phoenix, and you know we also had a little bit of luck. Um, you know, the first goal is is in a lot of games really important. Um, and you saw last uh, when was that two two days ago, three days ago when we played in Phoenix, where we actually played a similar game to some of the home games against Phoenix. But Phoenix just scored the first uh, first goal. And we had a 1v1 with the Kiba after, uh, what, three minutes, four minutes. Where in the beginning of the season, we just we, we scored on those chances. And that just made made it so much easier for the whole team. Uh, and we didn't have to chase chase something. Um, so I think that's been like the big key is we haven't, as a team, um, be, been so, you know, uh, more or less scoring on, on our chances. Uh, and that's that's the whole team. It's not only the strikers because a lot of a lot of our players had chances to score, uh, and then suddenly we we uh, we conceded a goal, and then we had to change, and that's that's been been the big uh, big difference from uh, from the beginning of the year. Let me ask you really quick about that that goal that was conceded in the match. A lot of people, I mean, goalie is a very difficult position to play in this sport. Uh, you have a big space that you have to block the ball from going into. Uh, and sometimes the ball just doesn't bounce right away. So in that instance, uh, in Phoenix, you know, you parry the ball away, but it doesn't go far enough away. You still have defenders in the area that can try and help you out, but the Phoenix players seem to get to the ball first. What's going through your mind in that, like, split, like, what is it, two seconds of action where you parry the ball, but it doesn't go too far? Like, what is Frederick do thinking uh, between the posts there at that point when he's trying to still oh, save that? What, what is he thinking? Uh, I, like there's a lot of steps. Uh, first of all, you're trying to set the set the team on the on the set piece, and then uh, then you're trying to go after the set piece if you can. You're trying to create a, a angle where you have the best pos possibilities to to save the save the ball afterwards on the header. And I made that save, but it was more like a reaction. So I didn't I didn't control where the ball went. It was more or less just uh, intuition of trying to hit the ball, and then you know we were unlucky and it it came straight to the, to the striker again, and then it was a little bit of a scramble and then the ball went in. So it was unlucky and you know that's that's the luck you need sometimes to make uh, to make important saves. Uh, it's also some luck. And in, in that scramble, it looks like you almost got your hands on that ball. I mean, it was a really tight scramble right there in front of the goal. It looked like. You know, an extra like millisecond, you would have been able to at least get your hand on that. Um, what I, uh, I can't hear anything. Do you want to go, Dylan? Or well, he can't hear us, so this is all fun. <laughs> Apologize, Frederick. So, are you able to hear I'll us yet? Back, I think. All right, perfect. <laughs> We're back. We're awesome. Back. All right, go <laughs> ahead, Alan or Ray or whoever's asking a question. I was so, just going to ask you really quick, um, really so, quick, uh, Frederick. On that that play, you almost got your hands on the ball. Uh, how close were you to getting your Ray, hands on that ball I can't there? Do it, Ray. No, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we might be having some audio trouble here, some connection trouble uh, with Frederick. Sometimes with technology, uh, you have to trust on Wi-Fi, internet connection, uh, and things of that nature. Um, are you able to hear us now, Frederick? I'm going to take it as a no, but look at that bottle of hand sanitizer. Or aloe. The man is prepared. Well, uh, let me say this because I think we've lost the audio connection with Frederick. So what we're going to go ahead and do is we're going to thank Frederick for jumping onto the podcast uh, this evening to speak with us. we got a, a few good bits of information. We'll try one more time. Frederick, are you able to hear us now? No? 
I don't think so. So um, I want to uh, thank him for taking some time to join us this evening. I know, uh, you know, sometimes there's difficulties with technology. We experienced it uh, a few weeks back with uh, Cami Palmer while they were at the hotel in Las Vegas. Um, and uh, we always appreciate when players work. take a chance to... <laughs> Awesome, man. Awesome. <laughs> Good. Uh, the frustration of trying to make technology work. We love it. Uh, but uh, we appreciate the players taking their time to jump on here, uh, try and, and work things out. We got at least a few answers out of Frederick. I know Alan was, it sound, seems like he was really wanting to get a question in there before we had some technical difficulties. Uh, but we appreciate uh, the time there. Um, let me ask you, uh, I'll go to you first, Alan. Um, what are your, well, let's see. Frederick, I think, is trying to come back on here. Let's see if he's able to uh, get back on here now. Frederick, are you able to hear us now? Yeah, it's working again. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it, it's technolo technical support. technology issues here, especially, you know, with Wi-Fi and Internet. You know, we're, we're relying on four Internet connections here to work properly to make this work. Um, really quick, I was just going to ask you, that, that, that save, you almost got your hands on it. How close were you to getting your hands on that ball and, and stopping that ball from going in the goal? Uh, the Golden Phoenix? Yes. Uh, pretty close. You know, when you save the first one, it's, yeah, yeah, then you're pretty close to save the second one as well. So it was just unlucky. I don't know how yeah. it went in. It, yeah. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing when I was watching the, the stream uh, on ESPN Plus. I was watching and I'm like, oh man, like literally you almost had that save there. And I was hoping that that didn't go into the net. Uh, let me pass it off to you really quick, Dylan, with a question for uh, for Frederick. Oh, man, I'm so on the spot. All right, Frederick, you've been here for just over 13 months now, I believe, 13 months and eight days. Wow, look at that. Um, <laughs> you've had to split this year um, with Aaron and Goal. Has it been difficult not necessarily having the number one spot each week? Obviously, I'm sure the competition is great, but is it mentally, from a mental standpoint, as a player, difficult to uh, jump into Goal maybe every other week? Uh, if I have to be completely honest, uh, we uh, we haven't been splitting time. Uh, I I've been playing more or less every time I was ready. So um, yeah, that's that's what I have to say. Fair enough. <laughs> Alan, what do you got for uh, for Frederick? So uh, I noticed that on some like set pieces and stuff, you make your way kind of close to uh, the center. Uh, the center line, center of the pitch, to try to get a little bit closer to the action. How agonizing is is it as a keeper to kind of be so far removed from the this action, uh, especially in like close matches where a set piece can really make or break a game? What is it like being a, a goalkeeper that's so far away from the action and you're like you're like almost like a fan at that point, uh, hoping yes. that your players come through? Like, talk me through what it's like as a keeper to kind of stay in some of those matches. Not you. For me personally, it's, it's more just be like mentally in, involved in the game all the time, so you keep yourself ready, um, and you can call it a fan. This, that's actually pretty uh, pretty funny. Um, but but yeah, it's more or less like you're hoping we like the fans. We're hoping that that we are gonna score on the set piece, and then you also uh, you're trying to organize the defense in terms of a transition, and like there's a lot of things. And then yeah, then you just hope for a goal every time obviously <laughs> yeah you're, you're definitely a very vocal goalkeeper there uh, you know anyone that goes to the matches they hear your voice plenty especially now with with no fans uh, in the stadium you can hear 
uh, Frederick yelling between the posts quite often. I, I was trying, I, I coach youth soccer. I try and tell my goalies, Hey, listen to, listen to the goalie for orange County. He is telling his defense where to go, what to do. And he's not just sitting there, you know, picking grass out of the ground or anything like that. Like, uh, some of these young goalies do. Um, let's just do this. Let's spend a couple minutes here uh, just to let our fans know a little bit more about you outside of like what it is, you know, that, you know, playing the game and stuff like that, um, or at least as a professional. Uh, how did you get your start? Like what was your first like experience with soccer? How did you get your start, your, your, your start with the sport? Uh, yeah, that was back in Denmark. We, uh, you know, you, you start pretty early. Uh, I think I was in the age of five when I, when I started playing, uh, playing soccer. And then you just basically go there and you just follow uh, the steps. And I was so I was so lucky that um, I um, I got my uh, breakthrough in my academy club. So in age of 18, I was in the first team squad uh, and was the second goalkeeper in the next. They had the second division in Denmark, so the next best. And then uh, then I was playing there for six years, six years, and three of them I was the starting goalkeeper. And then I got the, the move to the Superliga in Denmark, which is the best best league. And then I played there for three years and went to the States last last year, yeah, uh, to Hartford Athletic. And then I came here. Perfect. Let me ask you this: like, who is uh, the the probably the player that you watch and you like you mold your your game after? Who is who is your idol as as far as a, a soccer player? Um, I remember when uh, when I, when I was a kid uh, the. The national team had uh, a goalkeeper, uh, Peter Smigel, uh, and uh, that year when I was born, we won the we won the Euros, uh, and then he he played for the national team like ten years from there, and uh, I just I remember him as the the first goalie I uh, I like thought was pretty good, <laughs> um, <laughs> and from there on like you you always look and on uh, on other goalkeepers I still do that like see uh, guys who has the similar uh, height, similar way of playing, and uh, when you watch them. So when I watch a soccer game, I'm, I'm more focused on the goalkeeper, uh, like no matter what, like no matter what game it is, to see how, you know, certain guys are doing and certain guys are like, it could be a kick, it could be goal kicks, it could be set pieces, whatever. Um, yeah, so that that's like the way I get some inspiration sometimes. So you're always you're always trying to improve, even if you're watching the game. You're watching to to learn from that and and improve your game as a goalie. That's pretty awesome to hear. Um, let me ask you this: If you were to go uh, bust out your phone, go on—I don't know if you listen to Spotify, iTunes, what it is. If you were to open it up, push play, what song is is going to be playing right there? What what do you think? Uh, well, uh, after, uh, this year, um, uh, one of my teammates, uh, Seth Sibley, came. We actually have a lot of similar. Uh, uh, artist we're listening to and this year it has been I think Harry Styles and uh, Dermot Kennedy from uh, I don't know if he's from England or Scotland but those two some good, I don't some know good if music. you know them <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'll say this I know Harry Styles I think yeah, a, a, everyone knows Harry Styles right uh, uh, the other one I'm not quite certain with I'll, and, and uh, I'm going to catch flashbacks <laughs> oh, I, you know, trust me, I'll, I'll be listening back to this and, and, and going back and looking for the recommendation because I want to listen to that. <laughs> uh, Dylan, do you have a question uh, for Frederick before we let him go? Yeah, we've asked you some actual questions and then I'm here to ask you a garbage question. And what is your favorite vegetable and how do you prepare it? Favorite vegetable? Uh, 
It's probably tomatoes and cucumber. I, I eat a lot of bread and I use that. So I don't, I don't cook it at all. <laughs> Just raw. That actually sounds pretty good right now. Yeah. <laughs> I want to go chop up so tomatoes simple. and cucumber, so add a little bit of olive oil to it and, and go yeah, with that, right? <laughs> Perfect. Um, well, let me say this, because what is it? Two more matches left in the season for Orange County to make the push. Like Frederick said, if they can win these two matches, they're in, um, which is, is an amazing feat. Uh, and we're really looking forward to it. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, you can catch Frederick and the team as they make that push for the playoffs. You can watch them on ESPN+. Plus. Um, and, uh, you know, hopefully, hopefully they make that work. Uh, Frederick, can you give us some odds? Like, what, what do you think? How confident are you on this team making the playoffs? I'm, I would say I'm pretty confident. I'm, um, I, I'm thinking like this way, if we're not able to beat those two teams, we, uh, we shouldn't be in the playoff anyway. So, so that's, that's more or less what we're going after, um, to prove that we are right now the second best team in our, our conference or group. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm pretty confident that we are, we're going to make it. I, I like that. Honestly, you know, if you can't beat these two teams, you don't deserve it, which is exactly what it is. Right. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, support, uh, Frederick, support Orange County, watch those matches, uh, and best of luck to you, Frederick and your teammates in these final two matches of the season. Thank, Thank you, you guys. for joining us. Been a pleasure. Take care. Awesome. Thank you so much. Once again, Frederick Drew, goalkeeper for Orange County Soccer Club. We appreciate it. Just like Cammy Palmer a few weeks ago uh, had some technical difficulties, but he didn't give up. He came back on and it worked out. We were able to complete it this time, which is awesome. Again, we always appreciate when any of the players take time to join us on our uh, podcast here and, and our live streams, which is pretty cool. Uh, let's talk about this match in Phoenix. I, I mean, I think everyone knew this is a, probably out of the final three matches, the most difficult of them going on the road to Phoenix against a pretty solid team, even though it's a team that we had beaten twice or once earlier this season and then drew once earlier this season. Um, how disappointed or excited about the result in Phoenix would you have been? I, 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 I hate to throw the word excited because a loss is not exciting, but to go in and, you know, it's really just a, a bounce of the ball that could have ended up in, in it being a draw there in Phoenix. Um, and Orange County definitely had their chances. Dylan, let me go to you first. Oh, you couldn't hear it, but if you're watching live stream, you know, Dylan just sneezed. So we're going to say, cause tight. Oh, that hurt. Oh, that one really hurt. I right, oh, right. perfect, Dylan, get your thoughts, recuperate from that, that violent sneeze there. Alan, let me go to you really quick. Um, I think this is an example of two teams that really didn't want to give up a whole lot. Um, there weren't any like huge swings as far as momentum is concerned. Um, it wasn't necessarily that Phoenix outplayed Orange County. Uh, Orange County definitely had their opportunities uh, for sure. Uh, Darwin Jones looked great early, um, and then they kind of faded a little bit late. Um, but compared to trips to Phoenix in the past, um, you give up a, a kind of fluky goal. Um, again, you get a lucky bounce um, and it goes the other way. Um, I, I think the big concern is just not scoring again. Um, I think that's the biggest concern. Uh, but Orange County still has their fate in their hands. Um, I think winning a game, drawing a game, and losing a game uh, against Phoenix is at the beginning of the season. Uh, if you said that, like, hey, you're going to win at home, you're going to draw at home, but you might lose on the road. Um, I think most people would have taken that, uh, especially because you get, you know, four points from them. Um, 
basically you split the series. And if you're looking at the way that Group B is set up, if you split the series against Phoenix, you just got to beat the other teams you're up against. Um, and, you know, looking at the highlights, there was definitely some opportunities early. And I thought Orange County looked really good early. They just didn't capitalize on the mistakes that Phoenix gave them. Um, and if there's one thing about Phoenix is they're not exactly the most solid at the back. And so you've got to really take advantage of those opportunities to make them pay. Um, like we're looking here in the 23rd minute and you cheap chip the keeper and you get a goal. Um, you know, there's a Darwin Jones play where he's kind of in on goal a little bit earlier. Um, I, I think there's some positives to take away from this match for sure. Um, and I think that you're just a little bit unlucky with a bounce, uh, Frederick do makes a really good save. Uh, the b- ball bounces off and then back in again. And you just got to, sometimes that's just how soccer works. It's a cruel sport. Uh, but to go into Phoenix and hold them to one goal is pretty impressive. Uh, the thing that is worrisome is um, the lack of goal scoring again. Uh, you, you get one of those goals in and now you're at a draw, um, which is great. And going to Phoenix, they get a draw. So it seems like it's a, a recurring theme for our, our podcast here is the lack of goal scoring is really what's hurting this team. Dylan, um, what are your thoughts? Uh, I mean, is there opportunities that Orange County should have capitalized on or is this result a fair result here, you know, based on what we've seen or what we saw in the match? I think those are two really separate questions. Um, I think Orange County, I, I think it was a fair result. If I'm being honest, I think we were second best. Um, in that match, just we look so devoid of confidence every time we make an attacking move. And then you just you get the sense that being in Phoenix, being this team that's at the top of the group, that it's it's coming. The goal is coming at some point. And it's it's almost like a little bit of a brush of a breath of fresh air when Orange County concedes because you're like, okay, well, now it's up to them to fight back. And we've seen them fight back already. This season, we've seen them fight back against Phoenix this season. So we could have gotten result there. Um, but yeah, there were multiple chances where Orange County really, really should have scored. Uh, Darwin Jones, like 90 seconds into the game. You need to take a touch, uh, put it onto your left foot. And all you have to do is, you know, the goal is wide open at that point because Lubin's sitting at the near post and all you do is tap it in. But... Yeah, I mean, if we don't score, we're not going to make the playoffs. And, and like Frederick said, um, if we don't beat these two teams. We don't deserve it. Well, we don't deserve it. And that's that's a fair reflection of the season because there have been games that we handily should have won where we just squandered chances or played down to a team and, and let them beat us at their own game. So I, I think one of the things that's really hurting us in the scoring, because you guys are both talking about, hey, we're, we're not scoring, we need to score, right? Is it seems like every time there's an opportunity, the players are trying to force it onto their strong foot. Um, you know, like you said, Dylan, Darwin probably would have been better off making that, you know, taking one dribble into the middle and using his left foot to try and um, get that in or even make the pass to, I think it was Akoli who was uh, streaking down the left uh, side of the pitch there. Um, we've seen numerous opportunities where Akoli is trying to push it onto his right foot um, and and get a goal that way instead of taking the, I guess, more obvious Easier, shot on simple. the left foot. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, before uh, I, and I think we've seen that with, say, with the Lossi and all that stuff. Go for it, Dylan. 
yeah, before I go and say like, oh, I would have just taken onto my left and lashed it out with my left. Like, it's not easy to do when you're running full speed, and this chance presents it presents itself in front of you, and you you're only on one goal this season. You have a chance to nick an early goal, and then the team could sit back and do it. I get like the pressure that comes with that. And we talked to Chap a couple weeks ago, and he said basically guys are passing when they should be shooting. Guys are shooting when they need to be passing. This was probably one of those opportunities where. DJ should pass it to Ugo, and Ugo's got a, a nice, clear attempt on goal. But, you know, if we create 10 chances in a game, um, you put three, four of those on target, one of those should be finding the back of the net. And at some point, it's got to give, and it needs to be tomorrow night, or or we, we get to sit at home and we don't get any playoff action. So ultimately, you look at the you look at the schedule, right? Tomorrow night's match is the big one. Tomorrow night is the one where you have to go in and get the victory. Um, if you don't get the victory, you re- really are giving yourself no shot at this, right? I mean, if you get the victory and then you draw your next match, you still potentially have a chance, correct? If we, I believe, if we draw this match, we're not necessarily out, but Phoenix has to beat San Diego, and then we have to win, and it also depends on how low. St- Dose does in their final match. Basically, if we want to control our own fate, we have to win matches. And that is a statement that doesn't mean anything because that is a statement that is true from week one to week 16 or to week 35. So basically what it is is right now, Orange County is in playoff mode. I mean, really, it's win or go home at this point. Um, There are chances they can make it if they don't win over these next two matches. But really, in all honesty, they have to win or go home at this point. And, and I think the fans, and it sounds like, you know, at least one of the players that we talked to tonight is in that mode is you have to win or you don't deserve to be in those playoffs. Uh, so really now we're looking as Orange County fans. This is not a three, uh, you know, tier playoffs. It's basically five tiers of playoffs here. You have to win, 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 win to eventually make it to that championship, I believe. is uh, If I'm getting the math wrong, I apologize. Um, didn't pre-plan to say that comment. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, but I'm not sitting there looking at a bracket to count it out or anything like that. I'm just trying to off the top of my head, think about it. Um, All right. So let's talk about this match against Los Dos coming up tomorrow. As we record this, if you're listening to this podcast, more than likely it's later on today. Um, How much does Los Dos scare you, Alan? How do I want to answer this question? Do you need um, a hug? Before you answer this, do you need a hug? Um, no, I, I, I think I'm still trying to process what happened last Wednesday and the effects it's had on um, the league and the players. Um, I absolutely detest Los Dos, so if they never win a game again, I would be the happiest person in the world. Um, I get that they, le- they, they have uh, mutually agreed to part ways with said player, uh, but how they've handled it afterwards has been just an absolute disgrace. Um, and it's, you know, BS. Um, I wouldn't necessarily say I'm afraid of Los Dos, uh, but they can score goals. They give up goals. So if this is the game that Orange County needs to get back on track to score some goals, um, then Brew's all for it. Um, I'm all for it. Um at, at this point, like yes, I would I would like for either of these two teams to get to the playoffs as long as it's not Los Dos. Um, so I will be cheering very very hard um, for Los Dos to lose fourteen to nothing. Um, 
They are a tricky team. Uh, they're a young team that doesn't give up. Uh, we saw that against Las Vegas. We saw that against San Diego, uh, that they're going to play into the final whistle because they don't care. Uh, they also play very physical. Um, we saw them um, professional fouls, if you will, um, which I think can uh, mess with the timing of Orange County. Um, I don't necessarily say I'm a f- uh, Orange County should be afraid of Lo- Los Angeles, but I think they just should be aware that this is the opportunity to re-solidify the defense and then re-figure out the offense. I think there's no better game than this one to set yourself up um, for that Las Vegas game, um, which is also going to be a test. Uh, let's be real. Like Las Vegas, yeah, they're eliminated and they haven't been great, but it's not like they're just a pushover. It's not like they're RGV or they're right. Bruce agreeing with me a hundred percent. That's what he's telling me. He, he says he agrees. Um, but I, I, I think orange needs to use this low dose game as a way to, put a couple on frame, put a couple in because they do give up goals and then really solidify that backline again and really figure out um, kind of that early season Orange County that we saw really stout defense, um, you know, like we saw against San Diego, the first match at home um, or at San Diego where you get a couple of really good goals and just don't give up anything. I think that's what I'm looking forward to see from Orange County. So, and Alan brought up, you know, San Diego and Los Dos, and I want to spend a little bit of time talking about that as we get towards the end of this, but I want to go through what Orange County is going through the next couple of matches here before we get to that. Um, Dylan, uh, Orange County, LA, what does Orange County have to do to win this match? And I know, I, I don't want it to be easy. I don't want you to say score goals because we, that's the obvious answer. Uh, what does Orange County need to do to come away with three points against Los Dos? Score two goals because the last three matches between these teams have all ended in two one score lines. Now, so score two goals and, and, and it, they win. Yeah, I hate to be that person, but it is score goals for the first time in a score goals, multiple goals. We're the fourth lowest scoring team in the USL. The entire league, the teams that are either tied or worse than us are Miami. Oklahoma City, and RGV. RGV has not won a game this season. Oklahoma has won one game this season. Miami has won two games this season. So in a sense, we're punching our weight class. The defense has figured it out. We get scored on when we're chasing the game. We don't have to chase the game if we score. We don't have to chase the game if we score first. I mean, if you look at Portland Timbers, 15 matches, 9 points, 3 wins. They've scored... 20 goals. Las Vegas has outscored Orange County by seven goals. So it, it really is score goals because if it comes down to a point at the end of the season, it might be two, three teams with seven wins in a situation like that. And you need that goal difference to make, to make the difference there. It's if it's 85 minutes in, and we're trying to do this physical, like, Cammy Palmer WWE thing going on um, <laughs> to, like, wrestle the ball away from it. It's Then Los Dos has, has won the match. Um, but we need to score. I mean, our tactic, we cannot be Croatia in the 2018 World Cup. Our tactic cannot be park the bus, walk around for 120 minutes, and then go to Pens and try and win on Pens. So, honestly, I feel like it's like we need to – 
push our players that can score up up higher, right? I mean, it's not something I've been so, like saying. Right. Blah, 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 blah. Aiden, Aiden Quinn plays further up the pitch. Aiden Quinn, get up higher. Works we need You're saying we need goals, Dylan. The way we're going to get goals is let's push Aiden Quinn up the pitch a little bit more. There's a reason I don't get paid uh, to be the coach of Orange County because apparently the right way to do it is to keep Aiden Quinn back. Um, but dang, wow. I hope Braden hears this someday and, um, I hope he's listening right now and loses his mind. Um, do you know how many minutes we played against Phoenix with actual true wide players like wingers? Probably very little 14. Well, if you count stoppage time, then 20, but it was when Kevin Coleman came on. No, I get it. I get it. I, 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 I totally get it. I totally get it. Um, I'm just, I'm trying to figure out how do we get more, quality shots on goal we know Aiden Quinn is a quality goal scorer he's proved it you know two seasons ago when he was one of the top assist and goal scorers in the league so that's just that's why I keep saying it and I'm not seeing it and I don't know if I'm the only one that's being frustrated by this this thought of let's keep Aiden a little bit deeper maybe I'm the only one who knows but I'm just looking we haven't been able to score goals all season I'm just looking at try something try you know try that try that out who knows what will happen but hey, you know, and at this point, I asked you, Dylan, how do we, or what do we need to do to beat Los Dos without saying score goals? And your answer is score goals. So obviously, well, we need to figure out how to score goals. And someone that can score goals in numbers is not in the best position to score goals in numbers. So that's how I'll say it there. I, that's what I'll say. I, and, and you can disagree with me, Dylan, if you want. That's, hey, that's the awesome part of, of this podcast format. And we've never really gotten to this point where we like totally disagree on stuff and Stick we're ready to fight. Yeah. We got to, Oh, got to go this Stick way. Up. Come on. Yeah. If you're watching the stream, Look, this is awesome. I think if you create 20 chances in a game, instead of 10 chances in a game, we win. But, I think but, Google puts but, two or three of those away. I think DJ puts one of those away. I think guys like okay, but, Palmer who are able to play a little bit further up the pitch, a little bit more freedom. Hell, I think Brian Olosky, scores one or two in that kind of situation and you know who's going to create all those chances because you know the guy who's not just pinging a ball but like you know creating something with some swerve and putting it where it needs to be aiden quinn and he's best well, at doing that thing. from the sixes in mazella ladies and gentlemen so now you know dylan cares more about quantity i'm caring more about quality Let, let's go from that so okay let's assume orange county wins wins this match against Los Dos, they move on and face Vegas. Um, really, at that point, if they beat Los Dos, they're sort of in, in the total driver's seat. Uh, I, I, I'm not looking at the standings as we speak right now. I'm trying to pull them up. Um, but if they beat Los Dos, they will be sitting on 24 points. Los Dos will be on 23. San Diego will be on 23. So ultimately, you go into that final match against Vegas knowing you probably still need to win or get a result with some help or, or whatnot. Um, what does Orange County do to beat Vegas, Alan? And don't say score goals. <laughs> I, I really think they just need to score goals. I mean, I think that's what it boils down to. Thank it's, you, um, Alan. So Alan is, saying, scoring goals. Alan is saying we need to move Aiden Quinn up the pitch to score goals is what he's saying. Um, <laughs> well, let me ask you this, Alan. <sighs> Whose side are you on? Are you on the quantity or the quality side of this argument? Just for the purpose of our podcast here. Um, I think at this point, Orange County needs to worry a little bit more about quantity. Um, I, I just don't think they're getting enough offense and enough shots on goal. Um, 
the few that they got against Phoenix were fine. Um, but uh, I just, against a Los Dos team, against even a Vegas team, you need to score, you know, multiple goals. And in order to get multiple goals, you need multiple shots, uh, especially multiple shots on target. Um, I don't necessarily think it's a quantity versus quality thing because I think they're getting some opportunities. Um, they just need to put better shots on frame. Um, and then I, I think there's just something to be said about... Yeah, let me just say this real quick. Did you just now... I'm going to ask you, Dylan, because you're the, the literary... The literary, yes, literary he did say literary better, guy. which is a qualifying term. Quality. He's he's basically making an argument. He he said he thinks quantity... Qual, he thinks quantity... But then you he's you need you quality. need Take you need breath, an right? increase of quality chances. So you need both. Guys, we cracked. I agree with both of you. County needs more better chances. He didn't want to pick a side. He was trying to be so like, like he just wants to be on the fence. And I, I think this is what San Diego went through on the three-game losing streak. Is it? it it's. When you're not scoring goals, things aren't going right. So you overthink things. You try to get too fancy. You try to like overdo it um, as opposed to trusting yourself. Like if Orange County was scoring two or three goals a match, they would trust themselves to put the ball on frame. Um, and th I think this is what, when you talk about goal scores, they just keep shooting and keep shooting and keep shooting because they know that they're going to score. Um I don't necessarily see that a lot from Orange County right now. I, it just seems like they're snake bitten. Like every single player is having that that mental issue of, and and I think it just comes from like you you have to take that next shot when you get that opportunity. Just take that next shot when you get that opportunity. Just take that next shot. And I think right now they're like, well, if I put it on my right foot, I'll get a better shot. If I if I pass it, they'll get a better shot. Like. I, I think they're almost too much in their head and I think they need to like take a beat and really trust themselves because there is absolute talent on the pitch for Orange County. Like I couldn't like if you went player by player, like, I mean, they're good. 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 But just for some reason, things aren't clicking and you see this from time to time. Like look at the Miami FC. They have tons of players, yet they can't win because things aren't clicking right. Um, and I, it's been one of those like, oh, they'll get it right, they'll get it right, they'll get it right, because they've shown year after year after year that they figure it out. I'm hoping they figure it out. Well, let me let me just say this, right? So again, this is just my thought is. The guys that are quality guys, I'm not I'm not saying Ugo and DJ and Kevin Coleman and whoever else is is trying to score goals are not quality players that should be able to score goals. I, I truly believe that these are good players. They are just in their head at this point. They're to quote you, Alan, snake bitten at this point, right? Why not try to put someone like an Aiden Quinn who is a proven goal scorer? into a position where he's going to get better, more quality shots. I, I, I get it. Our defense has been amazing, and part of it has been Aiden Quinn back there. But both of you have said, we need to now score goals to be able to get into the playoffs. That's really what it is. Our defense has proven itself. We need to score goals. 
how are we going to score goals if we have all of our goal scorers are in a funk and can't take the the shot and and it seems like every shot's either going straight to the opposing goalkeeper or missing the target completely we need to figure out ways to get other opportunities to get the the goals and i i really truly believe that aiden quinn a little bit higher pitch would provide that and, and again you guys might disagree with me on that i have no problem with it that's what is amazing about being a soccer fan and just being an american in general we can have different different opinions and still be able to talk about it and have fun and and, and shut up right and what do you about things know? right so let me just say this ladies and gentlemen if you listen to our podcast go on to our social media tag us and say who do you agree with do you agree with my opinion that we need to maybe push Aiden Quinn further up, or do you think we need to keep going the way we're going? And hopefully in these two games, we're going to get the goals. I mean, that's, that's what I want to say there. And that's where I'll wrap this up. Dylan, I'll give you one last thing to say here. All right. I just want to say that um, the expected goals of shots taken from outside the box is statistically so low. And if you play that against like a low block team, like we've seen most of do in the past where they're just like, okay, we're going to defend and we're going to cram everyone into 20 meters of space vertically. And we're going to stretch them as wide out as possible. So they can't stretch us anymore. Um, and you're trying to take pot shots or even like blast it from 30 yards. It doesn't necessarily mean you score. So this is why we don't get paid the big bucks and we just talk about soccer for free and, Take up an hour of your time every week. You're proving my point, though, Dylan, is is right now the way Aiden Quinn is positioned, he's taking those deep shots. So if you have him further up, he can potentially get into the box and take the shots. Or if he's in the box, he's going to draw defenders to him. He can then set up his teammates for an easier pass. The defenders aren't going to be attracted to him when he's 40 feet away from the goal. He, they're going to probably sit back a little bit and or 40 yards or whatever. D don't question me when I'm – using measurements there, Dylan. I didn't question you. Um, yeah, I saw your face. I saw there your face. There was no okay. question, then. Let's do this because I want to give a little bit of time to another topic here. Um, by this time next week, we're going to know if Orange County season is over or if it continues. Dylan, uh, are we going to be happy next week or are we going to be upset or sad next week? Oh, man. Um, we will be content. Because the job's not done. If we win one match, great. We have another one to win. One match. The job's not done, right? Do you settle just because we make the playoffs? No. If we go out first round, that's disappointment. Okay, then. Okay, so we let me ask it in to a, make the playoffs. Let me ask it in a different. Let me ask it in a different way. Are we going to be talking about an upcoming match next week? Yes, because of guys like Rob Kiernan, guys like Aiden Quinn. Guys like Ugo Okoli. Alan, it, are, are we as Orange County fans going to be talking about an upcoming match next week? Um, I would say there's a 75% chance that Orange County is talking about another match next week. Yes or um, no? Yes or no? Are we doing it? Yes or no? Yes. We're talking about another match. Whether it's Orange County involved is another question, but yes, next week we were talking about another match. Oh, you guys try to get out of these answers. You guys are, are being a little chicken here today. Ask better um, questions. Let me say this. Um, if we keep going with what we've been doing that's proven that we can't get goals, then I'm going to say no. If we can change things up and try 
try something new in these last two matches. I, I get it. It's not really a time to be experimenting, but right now it's the time we need to basically leave it all on the pitch, which means you need to come up with uh, something different that will work because what we've been doing all season hasn't seemed to work at this point. So if we play it the way we've played all season and we go into it without making any kind of strategic changes, then I say no. If we try something, there's a chance and I'll say yes. Um, and ladies and gentlemen, listening to our podcast, go on to social media and, and let us know what you think. Are, are Orange County um, going to make the playoffs? Yes or no? Simple as that. There's a better question for you, Dylan, right? Is that is that a better question for you? Proud of you. All right. Let's get into a, a, a very, very serious topic here. Yeah, fun's um, over. Fun's over. Let's talk about time for uh, important stuff. Yeah, important stuff. Let's talk about another team. Let's talk about San Diego. Uh, they made a very, very like bold statement um, over the weekend, I believe, is when it came out. Um, Friday. Friday. Friday counts as the weekend, right? I, I would say sort of yes. I don't know. Maybe. Who knows? Um, but uh, they basically announced, hey, we don't want that point from LA Galaxy, Lostos 2, uh, Lostos, yeah, something like that, uh, because of what happened on the pitch against Lostos. And I'm going to hand it off to Alan to sort of let us know what the scenario or what the situation was, and then we can talk about it. Um, because Alan is our San Diego loyal um, man, supporter, podcaster, everything. So Wednesday night's match between San Diego and Lostos in the 71st minute, um, there was a kerfuffle, um, if you will, uh, between some uh, between Elijah Martin and some of the Lostos players. Uh, he thought he was fouled. He lands on the ball. He stays on the ball. Um, and he's kind of like picked up and pushed. And he makes a little bit of, you know, a big deal about it. Um, and several of match officials come over. There's a ton of low stoves players. There's a couple San Diego players. And in s- somewhere in that commotion, uh, the N word is used by a low dose player toward the direction of a San Diego player. Um, allegedly match officials heard allegedly low stoves coaches heard, but nothing was done about it. Player gets Los Dos player gets yellow card for kind of pushing over Elijah Martin, but nothing is really done. Uh, and if you are a St. Louis player, you know that if you use uh, racist language, you get a red card. Uh, it's an immediate red card. It should be immediate red card. Um, me personally, I think it should be more than an immediate red card. Uh, but um, on the field, immediate red card. He should be. He should have been sent off. Uh, he was not. Um, play was allowed to continue. Elijah Martin then gets uh, two yellow cards subsequently in the next 20 minutes, gets sent off. That's how his season ends, uh, which is unfortunate. Uh, Elijah Martin, um, fantastic human being, um, really positive dude. Um, you hate to see his season essentially end this way. Uh, unless a miracle happens where San Diego can beat Phoenix and everything else goes right, uh, he might get another game. But at this point, um, there's like a 9% chance it's happening. So Elijah Martin's season ends with him being racially abused and then dismissed from a game. Um, subsequently, San Diego uh, finds out about it. And on Friday, I've been told that they sent, uh, the league was aware of their um, announcement, uh, but that's as far as they'll go. They have, uh, we tried to get someone on tonight and they told me that they're not making any more comments. 
Uh, so we tried to get some people on tonight to talk about it. Um, and unfortunately you're stuck with me. Um, San Diego says we're forfeiting. We don't want anything to do with that game, which I think is the right call. I think if you're, if your team mate is racially abused and nothing happens, you walk off the pitch, say we're not doing any of it. Um, the league has not really said anything. My take on it is the league isn't going to say anything on it. Um, the league is going to take this as a draw and leave the points where it is, which is unfortunate. Um, there are some um, extenuating circumstances. For example, if the game is dropped and both teams lose a point and lose a game, uh, they actually have a higher points per game average, which could make the case for Orange County not making the playoffs. And we and they don't want Orange County to be punished for something that was not involving them, which is fair. I get it. Um, but what it boils down to is the bigger question of is releasing a player and that player being suspended enough of a punishment or enough of a, um, I don't want to say a retribution. That's not the right word, but is that the right, um, in result of an action where a player is racially abused by another player, especially when, you know, 70 minutes earlier, they're kneeling on the pitch saying United against racism um, there's some questions to be answered about the role of coaches. If coaches have a, a have a role to play in stopping that behavior and pulling him from the pitch, um, but essentially at this point, what I think the league is going to do is nothing. I think the league is not going to put out a statement because they do not want to wade into this discussion. Um, I think uh, Loyal and LA both stay on 23 points, um, which you know makes this next game between Orange County and Los Dos essentially. Um, if one team wins, um, they're essentially putting themselves in the driver's seat for the playoffs. Um, I would have liked to see um, Los Dos face some harsher consequences for the for the players' actions, but also for the way the team represented themselves. They have yet to put out a statement uh, saying that they um, are, even if it was, we don't believe that racist comments have any place on the pitch, and we regret that this happened. We saw none of that from Los Dos. So essentially we've released the player, um, which is disappointing, um, which is disappointing, but uh, that's kind of where the situation is right now. Um, I still feel very hard done by the decisions that were made that did have an effect on the outcome. Now I get it. It was a missed call, just like any other missed call. Uh, but racial abuse to me is a little bit different than, Hey, it was a tackle that might have been a yellow, might have been a red. It ended up being a yellow instead of a red. I think it's a little bit different, um, but in in fairness, I think at this point it's sh- it's going to be a draw because I think it puts Orange County in a place where they're um, having to either benefit or not benefit from a decision being made in that match. So uh, let me start off by saying. Um, Kudos to San Diego Loyal uh, and even their fans, because I think their fans were behind this this statement and this decision by the club, which is awesome to see, uh, especially because San Diego is in the thick of a playoff race. I mean, those points are important to San Diego's chances of making a playoff appearance in their first season. So kudos to San Diego for being willing to look past the financial benefit of making a playoff in their first season or just sort of a, you know, kudos. Hey, we made the playoffs in our first season here in the USL by taking a stance on something like this, because uh, anyone that's listened to our podcast 
knows that we are strongly against, uh, you know, these types of actions, these types of things um, happening. Uh, you know, we spent a whole episode talking about racism and not even talking about soccer, just talking about racism, uh, which was sort of difficult being three Caucasians talking about racism on a podcast that's supposed to be a soccer podcast, but we did it because we all three strongly believe uh, in, you know, equality and, and getting rid of racism, being anti-racist, all that type of stuff. So when something like this happens, San Diego takes a stance and says, we do not want that point from that match because this is a bigger issue than soccer. This is a bigger issue than San Diego loyal. This is a bigger issue than the USL. This is a, a, a serious thing. Um, kudos to that. Uh, you know, Alan can be the person that says the moment I saw this, this news drop, I was texting Alan. Hey, can you see if we can get a San Diego person on our podcast? I was ready to spend the first half hour of this podcast, you know, talking to someone from San Diego discussing this because I believe in, in this moment, the, the, this, the statement, this, this stance that San Diego took, which was awesome. Um, really sucks the, that a team like Los Dos hasn't, hasn't made even that cookie cutter public statement of saying, you know, like sort of what Alan said, I'm not going to try and copy what he said there and just sort of, you know, said what they have to say to look like they're on that side as well. Um, we, we've seen that before, not just in, in sports, but in, you know, in general, when you watch what people say, sometimes it's just that, you know, I'll say what I need to say just to not look bad. Right. Um, I, I, I'm, it made me become a San Diego fan just in that instance from them taking that stance. It made me really want to like that team. Now I'm an orange County fan. If it comes down to orange County versus San Diego, I'm going to have to cheer for orange County just cause that's my squad. But any other time, I mean, San Diego is now my second favorite USL uh, club because their willingness to take that stance and show that they're standing for more than just soccer. Uh, they're standing for, you know, anti-racism basically is what they're standing for. Dylan, what are your thoughts? Um, it should be sports is difficult, right? Because I see a lot. And I mean, a lot of people on the internet say like, oh, why don't you just keep the sports out of politics out of sports? Um, but then you have the national anthem and, before, and, before sporting. Yeah, games. everything is so performative, right? We we have a national anthem play before non-international matches. We, we kneel for 15 seconds before every match. These things are really performative. Um, and it, that's not every team, right? A lot of teams have... Um, donated to their communities. They got more involved. We have the USL um, Black Players Association and their efforts to getting more people to vote. Um, a lot of uh, Black USL players um, who are, are donating money every week, depending on, in like a playing for pride kind of esque thing where they're donating depending on how their match goes, um, you know, per save and then matching that with some other guys. A lot of that stuff. So it's not all performative, but it really speaks volumes about the quality of your organization when you can't even after the fact say, Hey, this wasn't okay. Um, this doesn't represent what we believe in or what we stand for. Um, this was unacceptable. You, you can't say any of that. You just say, Oh, well he's gone. Like, oh, we're getting a lot of bad press. Let's, let's just, but we're not going to say anything else. It's embarrassing. 
Um, it's really pathetic. I can't imagine what it's like to be a Galaxy fan at this point. Do you support a club like that? Is that the ideal that you rely on? Because whether we like it or not, sports and politics are extremely intertwined because of, well, the idea of taking a a thing that's representing an entire region or a group of people and, and it's a competition. I mean, right? It's embarrassing. Um, and I don't know how one could really say that they could be against racism and then not further criticize their club or, or push their club to do, to do better. Um, so, wow, massive disappointment with the galaxy, a massive disappointment with the player. Um, and I'm massively disappointed for Elijah Martin, who, although I hate when he plays against us because he is incredibly gifted on the pitch. He, uh, from everyone I've ever heard talk about him, um, from fellow players to, to coaches, um, he seems like an absolutely incredible person. Beyond that, I mean, no one, even if he was a horrible person, no one deserves that. We really need to move on from this. Um, we need to work to move on from this, right? Kneeling for 15 seconds before the beginning of every match, as we've learned, doesn't stop players from being racially abused during matches. It doesn't mean that people don't get killed or arrested that we have to do better and i mean that means even people like us that are on this podcast and people that are listening we just have to be better for each other and for guys like elijah martin yeah and you know it, it I'm very disappointed that the league is not going to, or at least at this point, doesn't seem like the league is going to make a statement, take a stance or, or whatever, or even hold officiating accountable for, for that. If, if it's true that the officiate, the officials at the match heard what was said. Um, I mean, we experienced it here in orange County a few seasons back against St. Louis. I think Alan, you brought that up, right. Um, you know, it, it's something that happened. And in that instance, the player got a red card. I mean, kudos to that ref for taking a stance before, you know, I, I'm not trying to sound like a jerk right now, but before it was the popular thing to do, right? Um, you know, that ref took the stance uh, before it was this national movement that's going on nowadays, which was awesome. And in this instance in San, against San Diego or in the match between San Diego and Los Dos, the ref just sort of ignores that, that, uh, that comment. If again, if the ref infected here, uh, that comment on, on the pitch is disappointing as well. So, Whew. I, I I was really hoping we wouldn't have to bring up these types of discussions anymore. Like we, it was again, really difficult to talk about this stuff as a soccer podcast, a, a, a couple months ago or a few months ago or whenever that was um, talk about something more than, than soccer. Uh, but again, it's something, again, I know we all three strongly believe in. So when these situations happen, we're going to definitely share our thoughts on it. Uh, if you don't like hearing what we have to say on this, don't well, listen to our podcast. Don't listen to, yeah, don't listen to us. I mean, we're not forcing don't. you to listen to us. Um, I don't want you to no. listen to this podcast and enjoy this. Yes. This isn't like a political statement. Like the three of us, I, I feel comfortable speaking for you two. We are absolutely anti-racist. Um, I, that's not a political statement. That's just saying that like, I actually think that people should be treated equally and, and there should be some level of equity involved here. So if you don't agree with that, I mean, I don't know how you made it this far on this podcast, but don't come back. 
and don't tweet <laughs> at me because I don't care. Or tweet it at Dylan and then he'll just ignore you. Um, that too. Alan, uh, any, any last thoughts on this topic before we move on? I know we're going a little bit longer than normal, but uh, I don't want to rush through this topic um, if there's anything else we want to share. I mean, I know I, I've shared kind of my thoughts on this. Uh, the USL show recorded a special episode uh, and we spent a good deal of time talking about this topic. And uh, I shared my thoughts and my expectations and maybe some suggestions on um, how to change the culture on, on and off the pitch. Um, you know, there's tons of articles out there about fans racially abusing players. And while that's never a good thing, um, I think it's all more stark when it's player on player um and we've talked about this before like the heat of the battle is no excuse for uh behaving inappropriately um and i would hope that the sl um really investigates and does some work in trying to figure out ways to change the culture on the pitch to engage with the players to make sure that you know it's a safe working environment ultimately you know the, the these people are, are these people um the players are out there and this is their job um and just imagine if you were racially abused at your job you would you know lose it you know you would lose it it would be terrible there'd be um people upset for obvious reasons but for some reason around sports there's always a well it's the heat of the battle and a bunch of bs excuses so my piece on the USL show, um, so I will spare it going into huge detail here, but uh, check it out. We did talk about it um, and talk about some some possible ram um, possible solutions to um, put it into this. Yeah, definitely check out the USL show. Um, great place to go. The great, great guys over there that talk USL, and Alan's a big part of that. So. We always appreciate that Alan uh, comes over with us and hangs out with us too, because he's not just an Orange County Soccer Club podcaster. He does San Diego. He does the USL show. He's just jam packed. He's he's more of a podcast expert than we are, right, Dylan? I, I guess at this point. And it all started from that. Himself an expert. But. It all started from him opening a bag of chips on that USL show. That's how his career got started as a podcaster. Um, yeah, it's it's you know. I really hope I, I, I know the USL is not listening to our small little podcast here talking about Orange County Soccer Club, but if they are, listen to what we have to say. I, I mean, it, it's just disappointing if you're not going to, um, you know, at least make a statement about it. If, if, hey, if you think that's not a problem, then just stand up and say USL that it's it's not a problem. I want to hear what you guys think as an organization, but don't just sit there and be quiet and sort of hide behind your corporate offices or something, take a stance on this one way or the other. Let us know, let us fans know where you stand. So that way we can make our decision if we want to, you know, support a league um, that is potentially allowing this type of, uh, this type of action or is, is going to ignore this type of action. Oh, wow. Um, let's do this really quick. Let's get into some quick random thoughts and then we'll let you all go. Cause I know if you're listening to us still at this point, this has been a long episode. Um, I don't know, Dylan, do you have a random thought uh, after this? Yes. Oh, is it my turn to say it? Yes. Well, you asked if I had one, not what it was. 
Okay, go uh, for it. What's your random thought, Dylan? Man, right, I didn't. Cool, know I, have cool. to, like, I didn't know I have to hold your hand through this whole podcast when I'm asking. I just stuff. want you to ask better questions, which is hilarious because I asked a terrible question earlier to Frederick. But um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's a wild time, right? Um, if you've already decided you're going to vote for for president, you probably like just turn off CNN and, and do something with your family or your friends to wear a mask and be safe doing it. Don't let your brain turn to mush right now. Um, it's a super important time. I'm a little bit younger than these two, but you know, think about me or think about your kids or your future kids or your grandkids or your future grandkids, whatever. Think about whatever young person that you care about when you make these kinds of decisions. Think about the world that you are going to leave them with um, and make a good decision. Support not just yourself and what's in your best interest, but what might actually be in the best interest of all of us. And if that means confronting some of your um, more racist um, ideas and your, your learned behaviors, that doesn't mean reaching out to like the one black person you know um, and asking them to um, uh, validate your, your newfound wokeness. That just means um, recognizing those behaviors and recognizing your bad behaviors and um, not doing them anymore and actively working to undo those things. Now, obviously the race thing is the, the better one to talk about because we just spent 15 minutes talking about racial abuse in the USL, but, um, or one event of racial abuse in the USL, but kind of goes for everything. Just be a good person and, and, and fight what's fight. And I really do mean fight for what is good for everyone and not just for yourself. Perfect. And, and for whatever reason, Dylan's calling us old fuddy duddies or something, Alan, I don't know. Alan, what's your random thought for this, uh, this episode? Uh, my random thought is the same thing I told my students on Monday to do is to get offline, put away your cell phones, put away your computer. If you have animal uh, pets, take them for a walk. Um, Sunday night I spent outside and uh, did a little bit of reading and just got away from all of this shenanigans. Um, we're so reliant on technology right now to communicate with one another and it's great and it's phenomenal. And I've enjoyed zoom hangs and murder, like not murder mystery dinners, escape rooms and zoom comedy shows. But sometimes it's nice just to put down our devices and just be outside for a minute. And I know it's hot this week, so maybe wait until the weekend, uh, but just enjoy some time uh, away from a computer screen. Cause I think our lives are so dominant uh, and, and, by cell phones and computers and social media and stuff. Just take a moment, even if it's grab a beer, grab a nice whiskey, sit outside and just kind of be away from technology. So do exactly the opposite of Ray right now. Let this be the last time you use technology. Oh, well, sorry, sorry. I was distracted. When you're listening to this podcast, let this be the last thing you do with your phone today, no matter what time it is. Sorry. Just turn it off. I wasn't ignoring you, Alan. I heard everything you said there. I was just trying to be mean. I don't know. Who knows what it was? Hey, um, you ready for my random thought? Who's ready for my random thought? What do you think it's going to be about, Dylan? Uh, I sent an image in the private chat earlier that would um, say what it is, but it's probably something about Eric Dyer having a little bit too much care about halftime and needing to go off for a, a quick little break. To go, uh, to go drop a deuce there. Uh, also, in, in 40 seconds. And it probably took him like 15 seconds to get in and out. That and he was quick. That was, that was impressive. Disgusting. That, that is, is disgusting. impressive from Eric Dyer. And let me, okay, a qu- couple quick things about Eric Dyer. 
it wasn't a handball. They need to change the handball rules. Handball rules because that is ridiculous. They called a handball on him against Newcastle. Impressive that he's able to run back into the uh, Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, use the restroom, come back out, and like Dylan said, like forty seconds. Uh, I do have a literature recommendation for you all because of what we've been talking about today. Made me think about it. Let's recommend it, right? Um, How to be an anti-racist by Kendi or Ibrahim Kendi. Uh, we're reading this at my work as a common read. And so far I'm about halfway through and it's really uh, something that um, I've been very impressed with reading it. It's really taught me a lot and I'm looking forward to reading the second half of this book um, to sort of learn more about some of the things that I'm doing, even though I consider myself someone that isn't a racist, that is definitely against racism, still learning some of the things that I do that are part of racist actions and thoughts and and things um that maybe i'm not thinking about so definitely recommend it for anyone that hasn't read that go ahead and read this it's it's a really good eye-opening book um and i appreciate uh, the author for sharing his um you know backstory throughout the book so far and um his learning from his things that have happened it's 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 awesome so if you haven't read it read it whoo um well, I think we're going to wrap things up. We went a little bit longer than normal, but it was definitely an important topic to talk about there for the last bit of time here on this podcast. Uh, I want to thank Frederick Dew, our um, guest, for joining us this uh, for this episode. We Again, we always appreciate when a player is willing to take some time to join us here on the podcast. And thanks to him for fighting through technical difficulties and trying to make it work and um, really uh, sharing some great information about his uh, time with Orange County here, what the season's been like, and just some other interesting facts uh, as always dylan allen thanks to you two for what you do for this podcast follow them on social media is dylan at ocsc underscore dylan and allen at a underwood 48 uh, on the twitter machines and i'm at dj ray some more you can follow the podcast at ocsc underscore podcast or no at ocsc underscore soccer cast hey i'll get it right eventually um allen are you ready I, I gave you all no. this time to get ready. Are you ready? Um, no, ready. no. Thanks to our sponsor. Wait, wait. Rough Roughneck Scars. Wasn't he the one that home was just saying, get off the get off technology, get off the While I'm talking. Official Go for it, Alan. scarf supplier of the MLS. The USL. All right. Dylan, go for it. He's done. Right. I, think, I think that's, oh, that's what they're... Anyway, uh, thanks for uh, sponsoring. You uh, uh, go get your scarf if you need a scarf at roughneckscarves.com. Also, tired thanks for sponsoring. Yes. If you're tired of the same old cookie cutter, cutter templates, templates cutter. from Nike and Adidas for your adult league, for your youth club, youth club just Sunday league yeah. work group. Yeah, do it. Icarus FC can satisfy those needs for you. They'll help you create design Satisfy and needs. Okay. do your own uh, jersey, um, and it'll be better than price. It'll be unique, and it's affordable. Uh, go ahead and check it out at IcarusFC.com. We totally butcher that ad read for that. Thank you, Alan, for that. Um, yep, tip of the hat to you, man. This has been the Orange and Black Soccer Cast, and we are out. <laughs>